It's a two pairs of socks and a woolly jumper kind of day out there this morning, folks. And as we speak, traders at the farmer's market in Middleton are setting up their stalls. Very different weather this morning to what the town was hit with in October by Storm Babette. And it is always interesting, I think, to go back to somewhere like Middleton a month or two after having had something like that visited upon them and see how it is that they are getting on. And I was especially curious to see what had happened in the agricultural hinterland of the town, especially among those growing for that farmer's market this morning. So I travelled around a few farms during the week to see had all of that excess water cleared or was it still hampering food production? This is a little electric, your TV. It's not a very strong machine, but it does my job nicely. It is very handy for patting around the field. Obviously, we're worried about carbon footprint as well. The water still lying on the fields is not making things easy. But Dave Barry has an advantage over those using heavy machinery. He is picking by hand. Why have you so many carrots left on the ground here? Well, that was the rain, no. So we just have, like I said, it's making more difficult to pick, yeah. That's just rotting down off them. Yeah. You know. Oh, there's nothing like the smell of rotting carrots <laughs> in this world, is there? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but you've lost... I mean, you're not talking about just a few. You're talking about 30, 40 carrots every square metre there. I know, yeah, I accept that, but sure, that's the way, that's, that's the joys of it. People, that's another thing people don't realise, like, how much waste you have in your field. This is the cold room, there's just some carrots, onions, swedes, purple sprouting broccoli. Will all that be sold this weekend? No, I might have too much carrots here now because we were picking a little bit, a bit, and I said we'd finish it off because it was a good dry day. It could be pouring rain next week and we are trying to pick it like, and the ground will only get wetter. It, was, it wasn't too bad, so we picked. How long have you been doing this? 56 or 57 years. Mm. Do you think the weather is getting more unpredictable in that time? I think so, yeah. We are getting caught with dry periods. Like I had to set up a little a small irrigation system, but like, I, mean, I never had to do that years ago, you know. So those periods of drought are getting a little bit longer, a little bit harder yeah. to deal with, and then you have this massive surplus of water. It is tricky, yeah, but like I said, I'm on a small scale, so like I'm only pulling a little digger to dig out a few cows and passives. I'm not pulling big machinery, and most of it is, is hand work, you see. We're just picking by hand. You know, just pick by hand. You can't, people don't pick by hand anymore. Mm. You know, it's just not a... Financially, you can't make a wage, you see. Do you know what I love about this time of morning is the rising mist. Yeah, the rising of the mist. I know you expect to see a deer or someone popping out of the woods. It's kind of like the woods throwing off its blanket in the morning, isn't it? Unveiling herself for the day. Helena Smith has stepped back from producing for the farmer's market this season while she figures out if there is a living to be made from it any longer. It's really, really disappointing. It's, we've really gotten to the stage where we're kind of like have to rethink everything. And we had a beautiful, flourishing business up until before COVID. And when we came back, I said, we kept with it and we kept with it. And then we were like, just can't compete anymore with 29 cents. 
for a bunch of carrots. It's a shame because it's putting a load of small growers, um, turning a load of small growers away from the business of actually growing. But Helena, that's been something that's going to be going on for 30, 40 years. Why would the two years of COVID accelerate it like that? Okay, so during COVID, Middleton Market was amazing. It stayed open. And we had a surge in people coming to the market and buying food. It was a social outlet. Mm -hmm. People came every week. Something to do. Then things go back to normal. And you could see customer base declining a small little bit. And now I think, like, if if we turn on the news, we turn on the radio, people are just being continuously sabotaged with so many different things going on in the world right now. I think food is just becoming secondary and people are trying to cut the costs with everyday living and it seems to be food is where people see that 29 cents to pay for a bunch of carrots seems to be okay. And even ourselves this year, we haven't grown food this year. And I must tell you, like this year I am hungry, tired and I can't wait to start the growing season next year and just go for ourselves. Whether our future is, we'll always grow food but whether our future is that we now just grow food for ourselves, it looks like that's where we're headed. The bread shed. What else were you going to call us? <laughs> yeah, we're out in the bread shed uh, at the moment. You can see this is a container where magic happens. So we make lots and lots of bread, sourdough breads, yeast breads, rye breads, etc., etc. And for these the are for the market and uh, for the little farm shop here. Uh, 20 minutes the, uh, down the road bread is being made in Ballymaloo Cookery School for this morning's market. Darina Allen is one of the people behind the 23-year-old Middleton Market and the whole farmer's market movement. Where did the idea for the farmer's market come from? (laughs) Actually, the first farmer's market I ever saw was in San Francisco. I went over to visit a friend of mine over there and I remember arriving in quite late one night and she said to me, we won't stay up late because I want to show you the farmer's market. And there, she was like, this was a light bulb moment for me because I came home and told Myrtle about it. She was also very excited about the idea. And we started the first farmer's market with five or six other people in the Coal Quay in Cork, where there'd always been a market for over 400 years. Mm-hmm. But I've been involved in various bits and pieces. But honestly, the thing I'm most proud of, if you were to ask me, is really being instrumental with several other people in starting the farmer's market movement in Ireland. Because so many farmers have said to me, Uh, that they would no longer be on the land, particularly smaller farmers, if it wasn't for the farmer's market, being able to sell directly to the producer and also getting the pat on the back uh, for actually producing uh, food of that quality and so on. 23 years later, the farmer's market in Middleton is still going on a Saturday morning. But that does not mean that it is all plain sailing by any means. Oh, really? Do you think so? People are finding, unfortunately, the discounters are just a little bit too keenly priced by comparison with the farmers' markets. Well, it's really, really difficult because most people in their busy lives are not connected to how food is produced. They have no idea how much effort and energy and time goes into producing something. And at the moment, you can buy a bunch of carrots, for example, for maybe... 29, 30 cents. Those carrots are at least three months from the time the seed is sown until they're harvested. 
how on earth could you produce nourishing, wholesome food for that price? Or can you must remember that if that's the price on the supermarket shelf, the, the farmer is lucky to get a third of that. It can't be done. So if we want this kind of food, it's nourishing, wholesome, nutrient-dense, we've got to support them. If we don't support them, they'll be gone. As far as I'm concerned, they're heroes. Yeah, well, I suppose, like, we're, like, I suppose we have a lot of, we've inside and outside growing areas, a lot of polytunnels. Will the Middleton market endure? Well, as Helena Smith reminded me, it has got what Cork people consider to be Cork's greatest asset. Cork people. Polytunnels work really well here because you have that um, sense of control over the water. The good thing about East Cork is we have good soil, good people, good water. (laughs) <laughs> so it makes it makes for a good place to grow food. Sure, if only the whole country could be Cork. <laughs> but sure, yeah. How do you know somebody's from Cork? They'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not even from Cork. She's a Limerick woman, Helena Smith. We'll have more from Middleton a little bit later on in the programme. So how is Middleton County Cork getting on after Storm Babette? Well, you are listening to another way of answering that question. One of the other things that I came across while I was there during the week was the combined members of the Middleton Concert Band coming together to rehearse for their Christmas concert tomorrow. PM Middleton GAA Hall and if that many people can come together to make music well that tells you something about how resilient Middleton is. Down at the other end of the main street they are getting the farmers market stalls set up and ready to go on what must be a pretty cold December morning. I'm going to speak to a few traders now. First among them Annie Murphy from Annie's Roast. Good morning Annie. Good morning, how are you keeping? Oh, I can practically smell those sausages. I know. I have customers waiting for them to cook. Oh, you tease. it's so cold and crisp (laughs) this morning, everyone is out. Are you getting the Christmas vibe because the lights are up and down the main street or are you just too busy for that kind of romantic nonsense? Well, wait till I tell you. There is two little kids just walking up here towards me in Santa suits. The most adorable little kids you've ever seen. About four years of age and they all dressed up in their Santa suits. So yes, Christmas is well and truly on in Middleton. Is the market, Annie, um, a happier way of working for you? Is it a lifestyle choice or is it something that actually financially is worth your while? Well, it's a lifestyle choice for me. I just love being out in the fresh air, meeting people. 
Um, my customers are amazing. You know, I have ev- customers from two years of age to 90 years of age. It's just a fantastic place. Let me speak to one of your customers. John McNamara, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, Christ, you're after catching me at a bad time. I'm in the queue for the fish here. And if I let my place go... Do you want to talk to me now? I, I, I do I'm want to talk to you now, John. John, take me on your virtual tour around the stall because you are a regular at Middleton Market. Where do you go? Who do you talk to? We, we, we're coming here a long time. I was listening to the radio earlier and Zarina was saying 23 years. 25 years we used to be across the road here. I started coming down with my mother-in-law. Can you believe it? Coming to the market at Saturday morning with the mother-in-law. So we come in, and I'll mention no names, no Philip, because otherwise I'll be in trouble. We get the brain. Well, you've just corrected Darina Allen, so you're already in trouble. Oh, shit. Oh, no, but if I mention Darina, we have to mention Frank. You know, Frank is the man. I got him going. He's now on the international market because I encouraged him. He's a great product. So wait a minute now. We get the apples. We get the pork. You had Dave Barry on earlier, and he had grand carrots. If I mention anyone, though, I'd be in trouble. So, like, we, we come down, to be honest. We do we do our shopping here, and then, in the, from the point of view, we do all our shopping then uptown, or we go into the local super value or whatever. It draws us down, and we stay here and get the stuff, and we're coming a long time, and we're delighted. And to be honest, I love the connection with, with the people that are growing it. Like, we're all on about... You know, why are we losing butchers and why are we losing small shops? And then in the next breath, we're not supporting them. So unless we're buying off, we sure they won't be there. So you leave well fed, but you're leaving with that kind of ever so slightly smug glow on the inside of knowing that you've helped somebody stay in business. And 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 it's tasty. Like, I come down for the... I'll have the breakfast here off of a couple of stalls. You know what I mean? So maybe my wife would be, would be doing more of the shopping and I'd be maybe more going around doing the guffing. <laughs> talking to the lads in the fish stall or something and and you know you know philip you know what it's like it's like long ago we went up the village and you had a chat with the, the butcher and we go downtown and have a chat here with the butcher frank murphy and you come along that you have a chat with willie who you're buying spots off of and you have that connection to the local community even though i want to put on this as a marker no more than Helene earlier, I'm a Clare man. If it wasn't for the like of us immigrants supporting the East Cork people, where would they be? They better appreciate us. Well, you're more Cork than Cork itself at this stage, John. You mentioned Frank Hederman there. Let me talk to Frank now. Very good morning. How are you doing, Frank? Good God, I just tell Matt Tamara now that he keeps that guff up. Frank, your smoked salmon is a a premium product. String of prestigious awards to your name. 40 years in business. Why stand out in the cold on a Saturday morning? Am I there? (laughs) (laughs) Have you outsourced that, have you? I've subcontracted it to my 16-year-old daughter, Beatrice, who's probably putting up the stall, with Tom O'Leary, who's 18, doing architecture, and my darling Dan ceremony who's helping them all put it together. I will go down in a civilised time after I've had the eggs <laughs> and I'll get on with life. Very good. Delegation at the heart of good management of any yeah. enterprise. You've answered a question for me there though and that is about the involvement of the next generation and getting your successors on board. Are you hopeful yeah. on that front? It, it, it is unfortunately 
Um, I'm, I've been riffing about this a little bit lately. I am concerned about the second generation, whether they whether they have the F, the energy to put up with what their parents put up with. It's a very simple fact. Um, it, it takes an awful lot out of you. You know, you do this thing for 40 years. And I'm just not talking just about markets, which are vitally important. And we were involved in setting up markets all over the country from the 90s on. But indeed, from... Um, one, I have four children, Beatrice and my second daughter, Kesha, who's in TV. Um, is, uh, they're, they're probables. I wouldn't say... Um, Not definites, but probables. probables, okay. But you see, they, they, they have their own life. Children have their own life. You know, they, don't, they, they might look at you and say, well, you know, do I really want to put all that in? And they're not doing their job properly, Frank, if they don't rebel against what mum and dad do, do they? Let me bring in at this point Barry Tyner, chair of Middleton Market. Barry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Philip. All going good here, man. Uh, everybody's putting on a very brave and determined face now two months after Storm Babette. But this week I heard some voices wondering out loud how much longer they would be able to keep going with Middleton Market. Are you optimistic? Oh, absolutely. We've, we've been through uh, the downs and the ups over the last over 20 years. Like the market, you're asking there... John, about stalls, you're talking about over 30, 35 stalls, all different business, rich, diverse offerings, primary producers, so you're talking about the growers themselves, the bakers themselves, the people who are actually making the food and connected to the land. Those things happen, they can adapt. It's a very resilient system. And the original 11 stall holders that started way back, nine of them are still here. And now their kids are involved as well. So it's a very resilient model. But Barry, make your, to the food system. make your pitch then to the person who was thinking this morning about going and buying the 29 cent bunch of carrots that we heard so much about earlier on in the programme. Tell them why they should be going to Middleton Farmers Market instead. Well, first of all, if they're buying carrots for that much, they're going to get what they pay for. But uh, second of all, food costs money. It's, 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 uh, it, 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 food, food costs money, but you're buying more than that. You're buying a connection to the food itself. You're, you're buying into a whole system that when, when the chips are down, just say the, the, with the logistic uh, problems there a couple of years ago, we weren't affected at all. We had chicken, we had everything going, all the veg available. You're buying into that, a resilient system that will be around for a good while. Cheap food comes at a very high cost. You had stuff there on about COP and all that. The vast majority of all that problems there is that you're transport needlessly transporting food around the world instead of actually producing where you can. This country could produce anything it wants, besides perhaps maybe uh, grapevines and stuff like that. But all the stuff we need in terms of veg and and uh, meats and all the different uh, cheese and all that, we have it all here. Very and. Good. Uh, you know, we want to invest in that to make sure it's around tomorrow. That's now, the only vote we have is really our money, and we've got to spend it right. John McNamara, are you anywhere near the top of that fish queue yet? The course of blazes on you, Philip. There was, I had my eye and two on Dory's, and the next thing, by the time you interrupted me, weren't they gone? And John Dory offered the fish stall here are superb because they're so fresh. They were probably somewhere back in school yesterday at the crater. And now they'll be on. Well, they won't right. be on my plate. And, 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 and the fact that they're gone has nothing to do with you blathering too much. It's my fault, is it? 
No, no, Philip, who rang who here now? Let's get this right. You rang me. And I, I being polite, said I'd step away from the fish stall. <laughs> Philip, if you're ever down, you owe me two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a marked I'll man. I'm a marked man. Get him for me. All right. John McNamara, Frank Hederman, Annie Murphy, Barry Tyner, thank you all very much. So,